Hello everyone and welcome to It's Cardiac Rehab Podcast, a podcast series where we discuss the patient's journey through participation in cardiac rehabilitation programs following a cardiac event. This series is a collaboration between the Irish Association of Cardiac Rehabilitation and the Irish Heart Foundation, supported by Serbia Laboratories Ireland, and focuses on the patient journey following a cardiac event. My name is Anthony Burrows and I'm your host for this series. During this series, we will hear from patients who have experienced a cardiac event. They will share with us what they went through and how participation in a cardiac rehabilitation program supported their recovery. So hello everyone and we're delighted to be joined today by Dr. Kush LeFord, who is an assistant professor in the discipline of physiotherapy in Trinity College Dublin. And today we'll be discussing the important role that exercise plays in the recovery of cardiac rehab patients. And we're also joined by Paul Brooks. Uh, you're welcome, going? Paul. Thank you. And welcome, Kushle. So we'll talk to Paul later on in the episode. So to begin with, um, Kush, would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell us about what you do in cardiac rehab and what your involvement has been? Yeah, well, um, I'm mainly based academically, so most of my work is in teaching. And I run a postgraduate um, certificate and diploma course in clinical exercise. And in this course, we deal with areas ranging, um, very wide ranging, actually. Basically, the the benefits of exercise from a population level right down to patients with specific conditions, including cardiac conditions, and then patients who present with, of course, several conditions. So it might be cardiac layered on top of other other conditions. So um, uh, most of my work would be uh, in, in teaching clinicians about the evidence behind that and just how strong and uh, convincing and beneficial exercises and, and that there is a research base there to support that for these patients. Okay, and that's a great starting point because in, yep. <laughs> in, in a nutshell there, you've given us, I suppose, the gold in terms of the exercise in cardiac rehab. I mean, the evidence is there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Paul, we'll come back to you on this later on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, to begin with, in terms of, we'll say, uh, the exercise program in cardiac rehab. I'm aware that there's obviously different stages. Yeah. So um, can you give us an overview of the stage one? And we we'll go on to talk about the, the other four, three stages as well. Absolutely, and the kind yeah. of exercise um, and how it starts off in the cardiac rehab program. So there's four phases to cardiac rehab. And you can think of it as the patient embarking on a journey. So it starts from when they're in hospital. They may be an inpatient. They've had some sort of a cardiac event. And right then, phase one cardiac rehabilitation will begin. And just to mention as well that that it is about more than exercise. It's a full multidisciplinary team and there's a huge education component as well. So in the first phase, uh, the exercise component will generally be focused on, you know, is is the patient able to walk up the stairs? Is the patient able to do, um, you know, some some basic exercises with the emphasis on returning them home safely? Okay. So right from the get-go, Safety is is paramount, obviously, and can they get home safely? And, you know, the team will do some tests as well to see what the risk factors are and we'll use that to inform the next stage, the second stage. So then stage two, you can imagine the patients are now at home and we'll encourage them to get active again. So when it comes to cardiac rehabilitation after, you know, a cardiac event, it's not so much the type of exercise you do, which is important, but more the intensity you do it at. So you might choose to cycle or walk or go horse riding. That's all fine as long as you do it at a safe intensity. And in phase two, as an example, you might be asked to to exercise at a level where you don't get out of breath. 
And uh, then phase three is, uh, I suppose, the more exercise and intensive bit, the bit bit that maybe everybody thinks of as cardiac rehabilitation. It's where you're invited to come back into the hospital as an outpatient Mm -hmm. to go to these classes. And the exercise classes, um, it's exercise, but again, it's, it's education afterwards as well. The education will cover topics like medications that people might be on and lifestyle changes might be discussed. And um, the exercise component then will be supervised by a chartered physiotherapist or registered nurse. And generally heart rate and and rhythm is monitored during these sessions. You know, they're in a hospital setting and it'll consist of a warm up and circuits. Um, now, circuits, don't think of it as a scary word. Yeah, you know? I know. We think of circuits, we all get afraid. I suppose we're thinking of, you know, no. GA training years ago. It's not like that. No, it's not like that. I mean, this is a safe, supervised environment. Yeah, sure. And it could be, and it's nice, actually, because moving from one thing to the other allows you to change what you're doing. You know, it stops people getting bored and it also exercises different parts of the bodies in different ways. So the first circuit could be walking on a treadmill. The second could be stepping up and down from a box. Mm -hmm. The third could be lifting weights, you know, little dumbbell weights above your head and so on and so forth. And you might be asked to do them for a few minutes each and and then there's a warm down and then uh, sometimes maybe once a week there'd be an education session after that. So, um, everybody would stay in the room right. and some expert would come in uh, to talk about a various field and it can be really social actually. Okay. It can be a nice social element to it. Paul, you were nodding your head there a, a minute ago. <laughs> no, it was, it was. It was very interesting, especially uh, the exercise was brilliant. I have to say the staff are fantastic and then when you had their talk, they were talking about stress yeah. and how to deal with stress. Uh, fantastic. You put things into work now that I practice yeah. You, you stop yourself and you say, well, what's making me stressful? Okay. How do I act? And you just go back to it and you, you come to the point and say, right, well, if I acted differently, I won't feel as bad. Right. So again, Kushner mentioned about the education, I guess, at the, at the, at the, the start of the programme um, from an exercise perspective. And I guess, again, you're you're educated on, on all the elements that yeah, go yeah. into the rehab And if you had, well. like, the doctors came in and they went through the medication that we were on. Yeah. And they put us at ease straight away. Because they explained everything to us, and uh, we were like you bruise very easily, right? Of course. On yeah. one of the tablets, and I didn't know what was going on. And next value he says, "Look, these things it happens." Sure. So I put those are yes, and then it actually built us in confidence to do more exercise as well. Okay, so if we go back to the exercise program, and, and Paul, we, we'll get your view on this later on again. So, because you, you've you've brought us through the the different phases there, and a kind of and what it looks like. I mean, we might go into it a bit more specifically now. I mean, phase one. How how long is it typically, or does it differ from phase one to phase two? And then when does phase three start? Because there's people probably listening to this today, and they'll wonder, you know, what's this going to look like for me? It's, it can be individualised, so it'll okay. depend on whether you treat with medication alone or, or maybe surgery. Um, so it can differ. Also, sometimes you try and schedule classes with people with similarities. Nice. So you might have to, there, it might be earlier or later, depending on, on the timing of a class that suits you. But generally, you're, you're going to be in hospital for anything from, you know, a day patient to a week, mm-hmm. um, a while then at home, maybe two or three weeks. If you've had surgery, it might be a little bit longer for a woman to recover. And then you'll be contacted by the hospital and you'll be back in. Was it similar for you, Paul? It was. It was. Uh, it was fantastic. But the talks that we had, the, the eight people were sitting in the class and have a discussion, which was open, frank, 
And as I said, it put us all at this. So, so to come to focus on on, on the, the phase three, how, that's that's I suppose the the core part where you're getting into the kind of the classes and what typically how long is that? It can be six to twelve weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there could be about three sessions a week. Right. You have six to, to 12 weeks of exercise. You find that the body can take about 12 weeks to adapt mm-hmm. to a new exercise schedule. So you'll the, the reasoning behind this is that physiologically you would expect to see change sure. after 12 weeks. Okay. Yeah. And people, I guess, I mean, they've had the event and we, we've talked about that in other episodes, I suppose, the psychological impact that can have and um, and. It, different elements of being in hospital and the whole lot. But I guess then going into an exercise program as well, people can be nervous. I suppose they they can, normal fears about, you know, what should I wear? It's When they hear the word like a gym or, or hospital gym, yeah. I mean, there may be trepidation about that. I mean, kind of, do you typically, what do you say to, to people starting off on, on that part of the program? Unfortunately, there is, you know, there's a lot of almost stigma attached with exercise where people yeah. have this notion in their heads about what it's about. But what I'd say is that the emphasis needs to be on we know this helps. All the evidence, which is undisputed, is, is going to tell you that this will help get you better. So this is part of your treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is an essential part of your treatment. And we don't judge. Everybody is welcome. All shapes and all sizes are welcome. It's not a gym like you might see on maybe a television program or in sure. your community. It's a hospital gym. Yeah. So that's different as well. Um, so I'd I'd really emphasize, I'd say this is about health. This is not about image. We're not concerned with how people look. We ask you to wear comfortable footwear, comfortable clothing, but we welcome everyone and we absolutely don't judge. Okay. And Paul, we'll bring you in there on, in terms of uh, that part of the program. I mean, did, did you get great enjoyment from... from I did, yeah. Well, really did. Uh, at first, it was trepidation, I suppose. You didn't know how far you could push yourself or anything else. Okay. The staff was fantastic. They let you go at your pace, but in the beginning, and they eased you up in pace-wise and minutes that you stayed on either the treadmill or the bicycle mm-hmm. or doing the weights, the roll machine. And the more you'd done, the more confidence you got, so you could push yourself more. Right. And you actually enjoy it. You feel the difference. You do, oh, you do. Yeah. Totally feel the difference. And you feel great afterwards. The other great thing about being in phase three is because you're in a hospital setting and you have the nurse or the physio there and you're being monitored, it actually gives patients a sense of a sense of comfort that, well, I'm being watched, so they're going to know if anything bad is going to happen. So I will try and push myself yeah. just one step out of my comfort zone. It does. Can, it gives yeah. you the confidence to do that. Yeah. Especially knowing that, as you said, like you are monitored and they are looking at you yeah. and they really do take care of you. And there's water machines all over. Like it is, the confidence it gives you is fantastic. And the best thing to see is when a patient realizes, oh wow, I, I can do this, you know. And, and they, there can be full of trepidation at the start, and you know, oh, I've just had a cardiac event, and then they realize, hang on, I'm able to do this. And you know, this feeling, becoming familiar with a feeling of getting to a certain stage of exercise, which is safe for them, and thinking I'm okay with this. The idea is that then they can go home in the next phase, phase four. Mm-hmm. And think if I feel the same, that's okay. Because I felt that for 12 weeks in the hospital and it was grand. So then the idea is that when you go home, you can be, replicate that and keep it up. Yeah. With it's, confidence. It does. And it is built a confidence because you can push yourself. And the hospitals, the staff in the hospitals instill that into you. Mm. That you can push yourself into the exercise and keep it going. It's a safe environment and it's a programme. 
So people are building, building all the time, yeah. kind of where they were from week to week. Exactly. You can start low and go slow and, you know, you're being monitored and then you know what's safe for you. Yeah. A lot of it's teaching people what to be comfortable with, what's okay. And on the safety front, um, I guess what's, there's precautions, I guess, that are taken regardless during the programme. Could you tell us about that, Kushla? Well, safety is going to be number one. Yeah. And I guess there's two things I'd say. First of all, that um, how much someone can push themselves is going to depend on that individual, on the vent that they've had, on, you know, on their medical history and the medications they're on, etc. And that the assessments that are undertaken by the team will inform that. So we'll know and we'll teach people what's safe for you. So, for example, if you think of something like a rate of perceived exertion scale or RPE scale, we call it, you'd tell somebody, OK, zero to ten. Zero is you're lying down in bed, you're totally relaxed. Mm-hmm. Ten is really, really pushing yourself totally maximum. Okay. And we tell people what we want you to do is somewhat hard. OK, right. so we want you to be around this middle level. And people get familiar with, with what that feels like in phase three and they take it on and carry that into phase four. So it's it, other, other things you can use are heart rate zones. But I think for when people go home out of the hospital using this self-check. Okay. So kind of asking yourself, OK, do I, would I describe what I'm feeling now as somewhat hard? Yeah, OK, keep going. Am I pushing it a bit or, or am I slacking a bit? Mm-hmm. And they can monitor themselves. The other thing I'd say with regard to safety is that we know it's safer to do cardiac rehab and exercise for cardiac patients than not to exercise. Okay. So the safer thing to do is to be active. Yes, it transiently increases some risk factors, but in the long term, it's safer to exercise, again, within these safe limits, than not to exercise. So that's a message I'd like to get across as well today. Okay, and, and you started at the top of the show. <laughs> I mean, you started with yeah. that, the evidence is there. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a key message. Yeah, we um, know this works. Would you like to talk to us about what happens uh, to the heart and what's physi- physiologically happening um, in terms of exercise? What's it doing okay, to the heart yeah. in the recovery phase? I mean, in that rehabilitation phase. So we begin with a warm up. And um, often people think of the heart as a pump that pumps blood around the body, but your heart needs blood too. <laughs> so this is something we often overlook. So the warm up allows the vessels that supply your heart to get a little bit bigger, to dilate and to provide the heart with the oxygen it needs to do the extra work. So the warm-up is really important. So, you know, starting slow and going slow, starting with walking on the spot, lifting your knees up, swinging your arms, that's actually very important. Mm-hmm. You can't just go off sprinting. Um, you have to get the, the, the body and the mind ready. And it's like you're telling your body, okay, we're about to get going here now. Let's let's get ready. So the first thing that happens is that your vessels are going to start dilating. Your your heart rate is going to go up. Your blood pressure will go up. That's you know that's normal. Over time, then, well, actually, let me go to the cool down because <laughs> it kind okay. of couples nicely with the with the warm up. When you're cooling down, there's a tendency, particularly maybe in the early phases of cardiac rehab or when people are are doing really well and maybe pushing themselves um, just that little bit outside their comfort zone. They finish the last circuit and they want to just sit down in a chair. And that can't happen because the blood can pool in the legs and it can make someone get a bit dizzy. So the cool down then is very important. Similar to the warm up, you need to cool the body down gradually. So that then allows the blood to redistribute nicely around the body. So the warm up and the cool down are really important. Now, if we do this and and obviously the middle component for several weeks, sometimes I tell people just say, you know, before cardiac rehab, there's a hill on the way to the bus stop and you struggle a bit to get up that hill. You start to get your cardiac symptoms. You're walking up the hill to the bus and you don't like the feeling, um, you know, you're out of breath and it's not nice. Well, 
that same workload, that same hill from your house to the same bus stop, the idea is that after cardiac rehab, that walk will become easier. It's the same workload, but your heart will be more able to do it. And not only that, you'll be physiologically adapted to be able to do more work more efficiently. Mm-hmm. But also there's other benefits. There's, there's benefits to your mental health. There's benefits to your quality of life. And there is less risk of further cardiac events. So it's all good. It's a full package. Yeah. It, yeah. It, exercise treats the whole body, yeah. you know, because the, the blood circulates all around from your baby toe right up to the top of your head. The, the blood is circulating everywhere when you exercise. So it's like a whole body treatment. We're all smiling at that. Yeah, well, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and you do feel it when you do it. And Paul, did you, I mean, did you have a moment like that where you noticed uh, something you did, like Kushner mentioned there about the, 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 the hill to the bus stop? Did you kind of have kind of a, a marker yourself where you knew at the end of the program that was a difference for you me? You did. It was, for me, like you're walking and you could feel it and you're breathing heavy yeah. and you could feel yourself. Yeah. Now you can go for a walk and it's no bother to you. And it, it's a fantastic feeling to have that you can actually go out and do things. And as you said yourself, of course, your mind is, you're in a better place because of the exercise. You really are because you're not slouching around. It's like I'm a bus driver. You're sitting down most of the day. Mm-hmm. You go home and you're falling asleep watching the telly. It's a different tiredness, mental tiredness to physical tiredness. Mm-hmm. And now you're actually coming home and you can do things. You're up, you want to go out for a walk, you bring the dog out for a walk, it doesn't matter if it's raining or anything else, you just want to get out. So what it is, is it just gives you a totally different mindset. Yeah, I can feel the energy coming across the table from the two of you now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very powerful. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's great though. I mean, it's, I mean, you've mentioned, you both mentioned mindset. I mean, yeah. And it's, you know, we're, we're, this is an episode about, about exercise, but I mean, it goes to show the benefits, uh, as you've said to us, Kushla, extend beyond just, I suppose, that, that exercise program. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's multi-layered. Yeah. It's not yeah. just the heart. Yeah. It's, it's the whole body. The whole package. The whole package. Yeah. And it is. It's amazing. So I, I guess then on a, a couple of different things, I mean, again, it's around that. I mean, we, we, we've nearly summarised there, you know, but it's important. I mean, we'll come back to a few questions on a health check for people starting on the, the cardiac rehab programme. You know, before the, there'll be a risk assessment done for people. Yeah. Yeah, so that could take many forms, you know, and again, it's it's going to be individualised to the patient. So if they're treated medically, it might be different if they're treated surgically and, of course, what the actual condition is. Um, so it could be walking up and down a corridor, stepping up and down a box, mm-hmm. essentially finding out what your capacity for exercise is. Um, you could be on a treadmill with a lot of leads connected to you so we can not only you know, know the heart rate, but the exact rhythm of the heart, the waveforms it takes. And you can look at that during exercise as somebody maybe walks faster or goes up a steeper hill on a treadmill. Um, so this will be done, you know, at bef- before phase three and the team will know then, okay, how much we can um, mm-hmm. safely ask a person to exercise and teach a person how to exercise safely. So that'll be taken on board, but it can differ really between patients. So there's sure. no one... It's not everybody does the, the, the walk in the corridor and it's yeah, not everyone goes exactly, on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I guess the, the message for everyone out there is that, you know, you, there'll be an assessment done. Yeah, and, and, and you, it'll be you'll suitable. Have, you'll be suitable and a yeah. starting point. Yeah, and, you know, there's standards that need, that are followed and there's national guidelines for monitoring patients and things and they're followed. Mm-hmm. So. And just just then and in the actual sessions themselves, the, you're in the phase three session, how long did they last? Just three a week possibly? About an hour. About an yeah. hour, Yeah, okay. and it, it, the, the sessions where there is the chat afterwards, the educational session is longer yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. 
And of course, the social side of it. I mean, you, you mentioned it as well. And did you get great uh, benefits? Nowadays, of that? Oh, exactly. Yeah, we did. Like yeah. the eight of us got very close at the end. Now it was only for doing the exercise, as I said, because of COVID. But at the talk at the end, we all had our questions. We all had different anxieties that we talked about and shared. Mm-hmm. And it, it just brought you closer to everybody, and you made you understand where you are in yourself as well. Yeah. And it's important to be exposed to other people. Like you mightn't have known someone who had a cardiac vent like you before. And when you see other people pushing themselves, you kind of think, well, now, hang on. They, if I, they can do it, maybe I can. Mm-hmm. And it gives people that support that they need. They see it. It's real. Now, it is real. And uh, we were ringing each other up then and you, during the week and saying, like, how are you getting on? Are you doing that today? Or did you do that? And how did you do it? And how did you find yourself? So there was a social aspect to it yeah. and it did as I said it built everybody was pushing themselves to, to do I suppose to, to do the best you could do to do the best yeah. and to make sure that you were doing something yeah but there was always a phone call did you go out today no yeah. it was raining would you not just spend you know there was always something like that in the background positive peer pressure yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah and it's a lot better coming from peers than coming from health yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, you know, yes. where you feel you're... And then sometimes, I guess, even from coming from, from home, like, I mean, I know sometimes my wife is encouraging me to do things and I may be resistant, but, <laughs> but I know she's right. Uh, but sometimes I think when you hear it from, you know, uh, from somebody in a group like that, it can be it does, really positive yeah. as well, yeah. And you're not, you're not saying to yourself, oh, here we go again. Yeah. You're hearing it from somebody else and they're saying the same, nearly the same thing. So you're saying to yourself, there has to be something right in this, in what they're saying. And you take her on board. Um, now, I suppose some people listening to this might be a bit concerned because they mightn't be able to make the programme. I mean, they might be able to attend it for, for a variety of different reasons. I mean, nonetheless, they can still benefit from exercise at Absolutely. home. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, Ireland would have a large rural community. Yeah. Um, public transport might be great for some people. They might have caring duties for, it could be children, grandchildren, you know, spouses, whatever. And um, yeah, we would, uh, you know, we would encourage people to try and make at least one session in the hospital a week if they can. Mm-hmm. And if they can't, I mean, during COVID, telehealth came on a lot. Sure. And believe it or not, there's a lot you can do in your sitting room. So if if you are comfortable with the safety advice that you're given and you know what for you feels okay to exercise, then mm-hmm. you can do that at home yourself or in a community setting. And phase four cardiac rehab does kind of bring you to the community setting where you can um, exercise maybe in a local clinic. So that exists in some places. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot you can do at home and you can be followed up with phone calls. Now, for, for certain people who might have certain conditions, we might be str- more strongly advising they come to the three sessions a week in the hospital. Okay. Um, um, but for others, it can be, uh, they can effectively exercise at home as well. And in phase four, that's what they're going to be doing. So mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how much you can do lifting your knees in your sitting room. Um, you know, I, I often tell my students even, I said, if you sit down and stand up 30 times in a row, See how you feel. It's a, it's proper exercise, yeah, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. I was going to suggest we try it, but in the interest of time, <laughs> I think we'll we'll move on. But um, but I guess we're moving into phase four. I mean, it, it that's that's the exercise program that people will take uh, home with them, and you know, will stay uh, stay the course on. I mean, what can that's that? That's what uh, we hope. Yeah, and and that yeah. that's an important point too, isn't it? I mean, it's to find an exercise that um, as you're going into phase four and for the rest of your life that that works for you. If people can find an exercise that works for them for the rest of their life, brilliant. That's yeah. what we'd love. Um, something they're going to do regularly. They're going to enjoy ideally. But I do also tell people that it's okay to change. So if you liked 
walking and then, you know, in the maybe summer months you prefer cycling, that's fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be one thing you're doing. It's it's not, uh, you know, it's not a ball and chain. Sure. The important thing is to move and exercise regularly. So keep doing something. And, um, you know, for, for a lot of people, it is the same thing. It may be their usual walk they take mm-hmm. um, or there's their hobby, something active. Uh, but the important thing is to exercise, ideally reaching the National Physical Activity Guidelines, which is 150 minutes a week. So that's maybe 30 minutes on five days a week and stay active regularly. That's the, the take home message. And um, to space it out as well, I guess. I mean, it's... it's Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have this these people who maybe have jobs which are not very flexible and they do a lot of the weekend. And, you know, again, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. And what we'd say to people who may be very sedentary, you can be physically active and sedentary, by the way. You can be doing 30 minutes a day of activity and you can be sitting for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day as well. Yeah. So sometimes the easy win for people is just to reduce their sedentary behavior as well. Okay. And then strengthening, to trying to do some strengthening work three times a week is also um, advised for National Physical Activity Guidelines. So coming into phase four, we kind of be reaching towards the national guidelines, um, but people within their, their safe limits and what they're, they've done in cardiac rehab. So Kusha, a question I should have asked you earlier <laughs> is uh, just what was the difference between physical activity and exercise? So if, if you look at the definitions, physical activity is basically when you use your muscles to move. It could be anything. It could be fidgeting. It could be typing. And it expends energy. And then exercise is a type of physical activity. But the idea with exercise is that you do it with the specific reason of trying to you know, benefit your health, get mm-hmm. healthy. So if you, um, you know, shower, that, that's your moving, that's physical activity. But if you decide to walk to the shop instead of driving because it's better for your health, that's exercise. If you do it with the intention of benefiting your health. That, that's considered exercise. Okay. And of course, as you mentioned, I mean, the guidelines are there in terms of what we should be all doing yeah. you know, over a week. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people would say, look, at, I was quite fit already. You know, wh- why do I need to do cardiac rehab? Or, I mean, you know, people may have been very active and, and engaged in, in a quite of uh, organized exercise program themselves. But wh- what would you say to those people? I'd say great. Um, we know that people who identify as being fit, if, if they perceive that as part of who they are, mm-hmm. it's like they're internally motivated. It's, it's one of the factors we try to instill in people. Um, and they're more likely then to really try to um, keep that up, to, to become fit, to stay fit. They, they feel it's an important part of themselves. So if they identify as, well, I'm a fit person, then that belief really does drive them to do exercise and follow through on that. The other side of it is maybe people, and we see this quite a bit, who are move move a lot during their day. So maybe housewives who say, well, I'm, I never sit down, I'm always on my feet. Farmers who are always, you know, mm-hmm. walking on their land. They have very active days, but it's stop start. And it's not at an intensity that's strong enough or, or that's intense enough to lead to the benefits we need for their cardiovascular system. So, yeah, they, they never sit down. They're always on their feet. They're always going but it's at a very low intensity. It's usually walking and it stops and starts. So for those people, it's about explaining to them that it's not necessarily an exercise that's going to be good enough to really improve their cardiovascular system. This idea of of getting to the somewhat hard, getting to a level of, of that rate of perceived exertion scale I talked about earlier, where you're feeling like you're exercising somewhat hard. Yeah, and I mean, and I, and I guess people will, we, you know, will develop that, I'm going to call it a skill in terms of like yeah. assessing, you know, where I am on this um, 
in, in the perceived scale. I mean, yeah. people will learn themselves uh, where they are. Yeah, they'll become familiar with the feeling and they'll yeah. they'll start to think that's a good feeling. It's it's not a feeling I'm scared of. I don't know, Paul, how you felt. Yeah, it was the braiding end of it. When you were training up and you start breathing a little bit heavier, that you, you knew it was, that's okay. It was okay to feel like that. Yeah. Sure. You, you didn't, there was nothing wrong. So you could push yourself a little bit further every day. So instead of just taking it easy and just staying at the one pace, you can push, push, push. Okay, so there may be a fear some people might have about, I suppose, the chest pain. You know, I might, might get chest pain if I exercise. What is the difference between, I suppose, exertion and chest pain. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so you'll be advised to exercise within a safe range for you. So it could be a heart rate range or it could be this rate of perceived exertion scale that we talked about earlier. So you'll find your somewhat hard feeling and, you know, ask yourself, is that where I'm at or is it different than that? So if you're very short of breath, say if you can't finish a sentence or if you have chest pain or you feel dizzy or sick, they're the signs that maybe you're pushing yourself too hard. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now, the last question before we, we start to sum up, is uh, regarding sexual relations. And it's obviously a sensitive area for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's an important question to ask and cover. What advice do you give to people regarding that? Well, firstly, you know, it routinely gets discussed. So, yeah. you know, that that part of the our, the job of the team would be to address this issue. So it's prioritised and it's guided by the individual patient, you know. So yeah. we do kind of take the lead from the patients. The specifics will depend on the event you've had. So if someone's had surgery, you know, they need to wait till the wound is healed. If a heart attack, you know, ballpark would be maybe three weeks to, to wait. Uh, but it depends then on the size of the heart attack. So my advice would be that, look, at your sex life is part of your life and it's an important part of your life. And you shouldn't shy back from asking a member of the medical team about that. It's something people can have difficulty discussing, but it's it can be part of the educational session. Sometimes it can be covered in, in phase three of cardiac rehab. But if it's not covered, ask a member of the team. It's a, it's an important part of your life. And it's it's the medical team, um, the, the team as a whole now, the multidisciplinary team's job to discuss that with you. So yeah. it, it won't come as a surprise to anyone. The support is there. Absolutely. Absolutely to discuss yeah. it. Or indeed, Paul, you mentioned, I mean, anything was discussed. I mean, you could, it, it was, was an open forum. It to was an open forum. And yeah. as the doctor came in and explained about the drugs and everything else, he was there for any questions or anything, if you had on task. He was, he'd hang back for about 10, 15 minutes and talk to us. So it, it, everything is there for you. But you just have to ask. Okay. And you get the help that you need. And you, I mean, and it, it is a big thing because a lot of people feel shy or they feel frightened that they're in a group and they don't want to be able to speak up. But you can take the doctor's side and say, look, this is how I'm feeling or this is. And they do work it out for you. Like, so the help is there. So don't be afraid to ask. So Kushla um, and Paul, I'm going to say thanks very much for being with us here thanks, today. Anthony. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. I, I, but I'm going to leave the, the, the closing statements to yourself. I mean, you had a wonderful kind of uh, opening to, to the session, Kushla, and I, I guess the education and the benefit, because that's a take-home message essentially, isn't it? Yeah, the, the evidence is there. Look, at, this is not news. We yeah. know exercise is going to help. It's a whole body exercise and it's safer to engage with cardiac rehabilitation and exercise than it is not to. Okay, so this is um, not disputed. And, uh, and and you know what's great today is to have Paul here because I think it's really important to have the patient voice heard and to for, for clinicians to hear it as well. So for people who work in cardiac rehab to hear what Paul says and, and 
know what it's like from the patient's perspective as well. I think that's really important. So I'm delighted that Paul is sitting beside me Thank here today. Well, I'm and delighted to be sitting here myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, ke- and keep moving. Exactly. And on that note, Paul, we'd like to leave the, the final words to you because as Kush said there, I mean, this is this is for patients and to anybody listening, I think they'd prefer to, to hear it from you. All I can say is I, I can't thank the staff enough for what they've done for all of us. What they instilled in us in that you can exercise, diet, everything. It was absolutely fantastic. And as you said, I'm glad to be sitting here myself today. And looking great. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you both for coming in today. I've no doubt that you have motivated some of the listeners to go out for that walk or to go to that class that they might have been putting off. And in our next episode of It's Cardiac Rehab, I meet with Kieran Furlong, a dietitian from St. James's Hospital, who will help us understand the food pyramid and the simple changes we can all make at every meal. This podcast has been developed by the Irish Association of Cardiac Rehabilitation in partnership with the Irish Heart Foundation and supported by Servia Laboratories Ireland. For more information or if you have any concerns, contact your local cardiac rehabilitation clinic or your GP or the Irish Heart Foundation at irishheart.ie. This is a six-part series. All episodes are available on the Irish Heart Foundation website at irishheart.ie. The content in this podcast is not intended to constitute or be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The views, information or opinions expressed during the Cardiac Rehab podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of their employers, any hospital, the IACR, the Irish Heart Foundation or Servia Laboratories Ireland. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform and is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or treatment. The Irish Heart Foundation is here to support you. We have various ways in which you can join the larger heart and stroke community. We have meetings with expert speakers on topics such as diet, medication, exercise and the psychological effects of living with a heart condition. We have a very active private Facebook page called the Heart Support Network where you can access quality information and gain support from others who are on a similar journey to you. Our nurses are available with just a phone call for any medical queries you may have. If you have had a heart event or been diagnosed with a heart condition, do contact us on heartservices at irishheart.ie or phone 01668 5001.